we are just we are going to discuss um, a message I've titled "Let the Word of God Dwell in You Richly." Let the Word of God dwell in you richly, and it's um, it's a sequel to the character of Christ. This is how you develop the character of Christ, and I pray that it shall be a blessing to you today. All right, so. Let's turn our Bibles to Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says that let the word of God, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Amen. This is, an, um, this is a message that Paul wrote to the church of Colossians. Encouraging the believers that they should let the word of the Lord dwell in them richly, that is abundantly. And so today we are just going to use that as our anchor scripture and we are going to um, answer what and then how to let the word of God dwell in your hearts richly. Now, the Bible, the, 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 I mean, the Greek word that is used for word in the Bible, there are two Greek words that are mostly used in the Bible for word. Or the word of God, and that is logos and then rema. So when we talk about the logos, the logos is the written word or the spoken word. So every word in the Bible that God has written to us, every word that is spoken by God, it's the logos of God. And the rema is God's word on a subject matter. So it is God's specific word to you. Rema is logo that has been logos that has been personalized and so when god speaks to you concerning a particular situation that is rema and so the two greek words that are mainly used in the bible for the word of god is logos and then rema and the bible says that um in in first in john chapter 1 verse 1 to 4 the bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god the Bible says he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was nothing made that was made. The Bible says in him was life. And the light was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend the light. So the Bible tells us that in the beginning. It doesn't say that the word started from that place. But even before the beginning, the word existed. And so the word of God was in existence before the beginning because God, did, God does not have a beginning. And so time had to start from a particular place. So in Genesis chapter 1, that was when time started. But God does not live in time. God lives outside of time. And so when the Bible says in the beginning, it does not mean that is the beginning of God or that is the beginning of the word. But it is certain a time for us so that as men who are limited in our thinking will be able to understand where the beginning is or where it starts from. And so the word existed before the beginning. In Psalm 90 verse 2, the Bible says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or even you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So God did not have to create the world to become God. He was God. He was on his own, God on his own before the creation of the world. And so even before the beginning, God existed. And the Bible says that the word is God. And so the word itself is God. And that's why when you read the book of um, 
John, the Bible tells us that the Word became flesh, and that is Jesus Christ. When the Word became flesh, that is that is Jesus manifesting Himself to us as the Word of God. And the Bible tells us that, and the Word was with God. So the Word coexisted with God from the beginning. Was the word and the word was with God. So the word was living together with God. The word coexisted with God at the same time simultaneously. And the Bible says, and the word was God. And so the word that became flesh, which is Jesus Christ, is God. And so when you read Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible says, For in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That sentence is very important. And so when you see Jesus Christ, the Bible says the Godhead dwells in him. He's the representation of the Godhead in a body form. And so when he was walking here on earth, even though God is a spirit, Jesus Christ represented God in a bodily form. And Jesus Christ is the word of God. The Bible tells us again in Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. When the Bible says he's the firstborn of all creation, it does not mean that Jesus Christ was the first to be created. Because the Bible tells us that the word, he's the one who created all things. So that here, the Bible does not mean that he is the first to be created. But what the Bible means, so far as rank is concerned, he's the most important being on earth. He is not the first to be created because he was with God and all things were made through him. The Bible says, for by him, all things were created and uh, in heaven and on earth. So everything we see on, in heaven and on earth was created by the word of God. The Bible says both visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were made through him and for him. Everything we see here on earth was made through the word. And John also tells us that all things were made by the word. Nothing was made that has been made without the word of God. And, and, and so I, I want you, um, the, so, so we have discussed how powerful the word of God is. Now, I just want to set an example here about the word. Let's compare the word to a medication when you have a pill. Because we see that the word is so powerful. God created everything that he did by his word. The Bible tells us that in the beginning, God said, God said, God said, and things began to happen when God was saying. That is how powerful the word is. And the logos of God, when you take that word and you put it in your spirit, you begin to, um, to, to, to develop and begin to release the power that is in the word. So it's like you are going to the hospital and you have a pill. And the doctor is telling you that take this medication and you are going to be well. When the medication is given to you in the bottle, the medication still has the potency to make you feel better. When you put the bottle in your car and you drive around with the medication, it still has the power to make you feel better. Even when you put it under your pillow, there is still the power in it to make you feel better. But until you put the medication in your mouth and you swallow it, you will not experience the power that is in the medication. And that is how the word of God is. You can carry the word of God around on your phone, in your car, you put it under your pillow. The word of God is powerful. But unless it gets into the environment that stirs up the power, you will not experience that power. And the environment that stirs up the power in the word of God is your spirit. And so how do you get the word 
in you. That's why the Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. And so as a believer, you need to make a conscious effort to get the word of God in you. I know that sometimes we give excuses that we are busy. But no matter how busy you are, you still make time to eat. Because you know that this body has to run on the food. You need the food to be able to function. In the same way, we need the word of God to be able to function. Our spirit, the food of our spirit is the word of God. It's the gospel, right? Exactly. So the food of our spirit is the gospel, which we have to read. The word of God, we have to get it in our spirit. Like any medication, until you get it inside your body, it doesn't work. It has power. The word of God has power. So as long as you have it on your phone, you carry it all around, you will not experience the power. You have a Bible. You might have more than one Bible. But unless you put the word, until you put the word of God in your spirit, it has no power. Amen. Amen. It is good to post the word of God in your kitchen, in your bedroom, in your living room. It is good. It reminds you to read. It reminds you to keep it in your spirit. It reminds you to meditate. It is good to do all that. But the word of the, what Satan really, is really scared of is when you have the word of God in your spirit. And that's what the Bible encourages us that let the word of God dwell in your heart richly. Now, how, what does it mean for it to dwell? In the, when the Bible says, let the word of God dwell in your heart, what it means is that the word of God should inhabit in your heart. The word of God should be resident in your heart. The word of God should be living in your heart. Amen. The first contact that you have with the word of God is through listening and through reading. And so when you read the word of God, that is the first contact. When you listen to the preaching, when you are listening to me preach right now, that is the first contact you have with the word of God. The second stage is that you must think about the word of God. So you think, you focus your mind on the word of God. And that, in, that includes memorizing the word or to matter out the word, that is meditation. Like you speak the word under your breath. For instance, today our anchor scripture is Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. The Bible says that let the word of God dwell in your heart richly. Let the word of God dwell in your hearts richly, teaching and admo- in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. So you continue to matter out this word. You continue to repeat it. You continue to say it to yourself. You continue. That is how it gets into your spirit. That is how it gets into your mind. When you memorize the word of God, when you think about it, when you matter it out, you continue to say it. As you are walking in your house, you are just saying it. Let the word of God dwell in your hearts richly in all wisdom. Singing to one another in hymns, in psalms, in spiritual songs, with grace in your heart. So when you continue to matter out the word of God, the word of God is becoming life to you. The word of God is becoming part of you. The word of God is sinking in your spirit. And as the word of God gets into your spirit, when you speak it out, it comes with a lot of power. And so the... One of the main, one of the, the ways that we can grow as children of God, we can grow as believers is to meditate and read the word of God. I know that when we all set out, what about thing that we are doing? We don't want to be called average. For instance, if there are three ratings, we have bad, we have average, we have excellent. I believe that whatever we are doing, 
We want to be identified as excellent in whatever we are doing. But a lot of us are comfortable with being average believers. We don't have to be average believers. We have to move from being average believers to excellent believers. And it starts with giving time to the word of God. Making time to, for the word of God. Today, we have the word of God in so many forms. Several years ago, it wasn't like that. When you read the book of Colossians, when you get to the fourth chapter, Paul says that when this letter is read among you, let it be read to the church that is in Laodicea. And what that meant was that the letter that was Paul had given to the Colossian church, they would take it, somebody would send somebody to go and give it to the church in Laodicea. It would take weeks before the letter gets to them. And they will also send their letter back. That will also take weeks. And for them to be able to hear the, what is in the letter, they have to come to the synagogue. And somebody who can read will read out the letter to them. That was how scarce it was for them to get the word of God. I'm, so, I'm sure that when we meet some of them in heaven and we, t- we, we tell them that we have the word of God on our phones, we have the word of God everywhere, we could take them and they'll be surprised. They'll be very surprised. And they'll be expecting us to know more than them because for them, it took them, it took them a lot to just hear the word. And for us, we have the word everywhere, on the internet, everywhere. And that means that we should pay attention, pay more heed to the word. Amen. Amen. We have all the resources to be better Christians. And so the first step towards our Christian growth is study the word. Even if it's one verse. Now we have a lot of apps. You have like the U version Bible app that sends you a scripture every day. If you cannot do anything at all, just read that scripture. Think about that scripture. That is how you grow as a child of God. That is how you develop. That is how you build yourself up. And the Bible tells us, how should the word of God dwell in us? It says richly. It means that the word of God should, be, should dwell in your spirit abundantly. There should be so much word, so much, like the, the, the book of Job, Job says, I am full of matter. You should be full of the word of God. It means that you are meditating on one verse, at least even if you are meditating on one verse every day. You are growing your spirit and you are growing. And that is how you move from being an average believer to being an excellent believer. Just let the word of God dwell in you. Like God told Joshua, that this book of the law shall not depart from you, but you shall meditate on it day and night, and you shall make your way prosperous and have good success. So God gave Joshua a way to become successful. And he says, meditate on the law. And if we are going to become successful in everything that we are doing, it starts with meditating on the Word of God. And so the Bible admonished us, let the Word of God dwell in you richly. In Psalm 119 verse 9 um, to 11, the Bible says, How can a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed to your Word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh Lord, let me not wander from your commandment. And he says in verse 11, Your word I have hidden, I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So David said that I have hidden the word of God in my heart that I might not sin against him. How do we win victory over sin? We win victory over sin when we put the word of God in our hearts. When the word of God sings in your spirit, 
when we talk about the heart or the, the spirit, we are talking about your will, your intellect, and your feelings. And so when the word of God sings in your heart, and it, it controls your will, your intellect, and your feelings, then you will not even find sin as attractive because the, your heart is filled with the word of God. And so if, even if you are struggling with sin, the, there is power in the word of God to deliver you from the struggle of sin because everything you ever do starts in your, think, in your thinking. It starts with your mind. And so when your mind is filled with the word of God and you think about the word of God every time, now your feelings are now directed towards the word, the word of God. Your will and the things that you desire are directed towards the will of God. That is the transforming power of the, the word of God. When you focus on the word of God, when you meditate on the word of God, it has the power to transform you. It has power to bring you deliverance from the power of sin if you focus on the word of God. And so David said, how can a young man cleanse his way? It is by taking heed to the word of God. It means it is by listening to the word of God. It's by paying attention to the word of God. It's by committing yourself to the word of God. If you commit yourself to the word of God, you are going to cleanse your ways. That is how we clean our ways, by committing ourselves to the word of God. In the book of Acts, Paul said to the, um, to the church when he was about to leave them, he said, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. He said the word of God is able to build you up. And so when you are reading the word of God, when you are meditating on the word of God, when you are speaking the word of God, like you matter out the word of God, when you are walking in the morning and you just say, put a verse in your mouth and you continue to matter out that, that verse as you are walking, going about your business, when you have a break, you just matter out the word of God. The Bible says it is able to build you up. Build you up like an edifice. The, the word of God will build up your spirit and give you an inheritance among those who are being satisfied. And so when, who are being sanctified. And so when Paul was leaving the church, he said, I commend you to the word of God. He says, even though I am leaving you right now, I leave you with the word of God. Because the word of God has the power, has the potential, has the ability to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are being sanctified sanctified in first peter chapter 2 verse 2 the bible again tell, tells us therefore laying aside all malice all deceit all hypocrisy all envy and all evil speaking as newborn babies desire the, the pure milk of the word that you may grow the two verses these two scriptures is telling us about growth and it's telling us that growth comes from the word of god so peter tells the church here again that desire the sincere, sincere word, sincere milk of the word that you may grow. As babies drink milk to grow as believers, if we are going to grow, we have to desire the word of God. The word desire here means that you have to crave for the word of God. It has to be a craving, like something that is unquenchable. You need the word of God. You are craving for the word of God. And he says that when you have that desire for the word of God, you will grow. And so today, our simple message is that we should find time for the word of God. It should be part of our daily routine that will set time aside to read the Bible. Even if it's just one verse, just read one verse from the Bible, meditate on that verse, think about that verse. 
And that you see, as you continue to think about the verse, the word comes alive in you. When the Bible says that the word of God is medicine for those who find it, that is how you experience the power that is in the word of God. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible says the word of God is living and powerful. The word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And so the word of God, like I compared it to the medication that was given to you, it, is, it has power in it. It is living, it is active. Everything that we see here on earth was created by the word of God. But the power that is in the word of God only comes alive when the word is in your spirit and comes out of your mouth. That is when you experience the power that is in the word of God. And so you, you might have many Bibles, you might have so many Bible apps with all these verses, but unless the word gets into your spirit, you don't experience the power that's in the word. And that is why the Bible, Paul told the believers that let the word of God dwell in you richly. If you'll be able to produce the character of Christ, it comes from the word of God living inside of you. And so how does the word get inside of you? You listen and listen and listen again. Even this, these days, if you, if you, if you don't, if, even if, let's assume that you don't have time to read. We have audio versions. You turn on the audio and just listen. Listen, listen. Even when you are sleeping, just turn it on. Listen, listen, listen until you fall asleep. That is how you get your spirit. You get the word of God living inside of you, reaching by listening and listening and listening again. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing again. That is how you get faith. That is how you build your faith. By hearing and hearing and hearing. And so like when we preach on Sundays, you take the message, you listen and listen and listen again. When you, you have your audio Bible, you listen and listen and listen again. And you build your faith. Now, faith is the currency of the Spirit. Like when somebody has a lot of dollars, the person is rich. And how does the person, the person needs to work to get that money? The person is rich in worldly terms. Faith is the currency of the spirit. As spiritual beings, we need faith to transact spiritual business. And how do we get the faith? By hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. By reading and reading and reading the word of God. By listening and listening and listening to the word of God. That is how you build your faith. That is how you become a mature Christian. That is how you become a mature believer. That is how you grow your spirit to be able to withstand every adversity that will come your way. It is by faith. And faith cometh by hearing the word of God. And so I want to challenge everyone this morning that as we are here listening to the word of God, we should be challenged that we are going to let the word of God dwell in our heart richly. We are going to commit to reading the word of God now, this U, um, U version Bible app helps us. You can have some settings on the, on the app so that if you want the verse to be sent to you at 12 p.m., the app will send you the verse at 12 p.m., which, is, which probably might be your break. If you want the verse to be sent to you at 6 a.m. in the morning, which will be the first thing you want to do, the verse will be sent to you at 6 a.m. in the morning. Just read that verse. And... As you, as you go about your business, think about the verse that you have read. Just think about it. Continue to, that's how you meditate. Think about it. And then you continue to say it in your mouth. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. 
in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to one another with grace in your heart unto the Lord. So as you meditate on that, that is how you stir up the word of God. That is how the word of God lives in your spirit. And as you are meditating, God is giving you understanding. He's giving you illumination inside the word and you are understanding the word more. As long as we are able to make time to eat the food that we eat today, I'm sure all of us are going to eat today. Tomorrow we are going to eat. The whole week we are going to eat. But we should know that we are spiritual beings. Our spirit feeds on the word of God. And so we don't have to starve our spirit. Let's not be okay with being called average Christians. Because whatever we are doing, we want to excel. We want to become the best. And so, so far as our Christian life, as long as we have committed that we are going to be called Christians, let us become the best of Christians. Every believer you see who is able to walk in a certain dimension of God's power and a certain dimension of God's anointing that you so admire started the same way that you started. They accepted Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior. But how they approach the Word of God is what set them apart from other believers. So how we approach the Word of God will set us apart. And we, don't, we don't, just don't look at where you want to get to. Just look at where you are now. And start small. One verse, just one verse a day. Just one verse a day. I had a story of a man called Smith Wigglesworth. He raised a lot of dead people in his lifetime. Smith Wigglesworth, one of the great preachers here from the U.S. And I heard that when he goes into any of his rooms, he had, I'm sure there are days that he have the Bible up like we do. He walk into any of his rooms, he has a Bible open. He'll read one verse, and as long as he's in that room, whatever he's doing, he's just speaking the verse, continue to speak the verse. When he enters another room, there's a Bible there, he will read one verse. People had serious commitment to the word of God, and that set them apart. And if we are going to be set apart, if we are going to be believers who have faith to withstand in the days of adversity, we need the word of God in our spirit. The word of God gets into our spirit by just making time, even if it's five minutes of your time, just read one verse of the Bible. And all through the day, you meditate. And when you're about to sleep, you just try to remember the verse that you read in the morning. It's so simple. It's, it shouldn't be so difficult. Because there are times that you might be ironing, you might be washing the dishes, you might be doing something. But if you have that one verse in your mind, Going, you're just meditating, meditating, saying it, saying it, saying it again in your mind. You experience the power that's in the word. The word of God is so powerful, but we activate the power when we have it in our spirit. When you use the Bible to hit a demon, they will come back again. <laughs> you're not going to cast a demon by using your Bible to hit them, but you can cast a demon by the words that comes out of your mouth. So you have to say the word of God. When there's a situation in your house, you say the word of God over that situation. The Bible promises us so many things. It promises us deliverance, healing. promises us so many things. But all these things can only come alive when we have it in our spirit and we say it out. And so when we are confronted with situations, we find the word of God that speaks about that situation and we say it out. And that's why I said that the word of God, the, the Bible uses two different Greek words for word. 
and that is logos and rhema. Logos is the written word, everything that is written in the word. But rhema is the word that is specific to a situation. And so objectively, we can know God through the logos. But subjectively, personally, we can know God through the rhema. And so when God gives you a rhema, that is your personal word for a situation at a specific time. And how can you receive that personal word if you don't have the logos in your spirit? And so the Holy Spirit brings up the rhema when you already have the logos. That is, after you have read the Bible, God will just give you a word for a particular situation. And that is the rhema. Because you already read the logos and it's already in your heart, He's able to bring that up when you have a situation. And so the word of God is so important. Like we need money in the physical sense to transact business. If we'll be able to transact spiritual business, we need faith. And faith coming through the word of God. And that is why we need to pay attention to the word of God. If we have committed to become believers and become Christians and to walk with Christ, we cannot do it without the word of God. Let's not make life. The Bible talks about the curse of the world that chokes the word. Because we, there are so many things around us that takes our attention, that takes our time. Do you know when we interact with things on social media, when we interact with things in the news, in the movies, they form our thoughts. They become part of our spirit. And so that's, those are the things that we think on. You wonder how people become violent. When you continue to watch these movies that tells, shows you violence, things that it becomes part of you, whether you like it or not. Whatever you see becomes part of your life. And so what you continue to see, what you continue to see, whatever you continue to think on, it becomes your life. It becomes your lifestyle. It becomes your response to things. And so when you continue to think on the word of God, when you continue to take in the word of God, the word of God becomes part of you. It becomes your character. So how can we develop good character? By taking in the word of God. Have you seen any believer who is struggling with sin? Continue to take in the word of God. The word of God is powerful. It will make you what it promises. The word of God is active. It is powerful. And so even if you have a problem, might be sickness, take in the word of God. Whatever the word of God says concerning that, which continue to take in till it becomes alive in your spirit. Till, till it becomes alive. The Bible says the word became flesh. And so when you continue to take in the word of God, it becomes flesh. It becomes so real to you that you don't acknowledge any other, any other reality. But the word of God becomes your reality because you have it in your spirit. Let the word of God dwell in your heart richly. Let's not be comfortable with being called average Christians. Or let's not say that, oh, we are just trying something. But if we are devoted, if we know for a fact that working as believers is the right thing to do, then let's commit ourselves fully and let the word of God live inside of us. Like the example again of the medication. If a doctor gives you a medication, if the doctor wants to give you an injection, they need to put the injection in a place, in an environment that the injection can flourish. As long as it's still in the um, syringe, it will not do anything to you. If the injection is supposed to get inside your blood and you put it in your hands, 
it still won't do anything to you. You need to, it needs to get into the environment. I, I, didn't, I didn't wanna, I was avoiding the example of a virus because it's not so good. <laughs> but a virus needs to get in a good environment where it can flourish before it can even affect you. In the same way, the word of God needs to get in an environment where it can flourish. And that environment is your heart, is your spirit. How does it get there? It gets there through your eyes, through your ears. It starts in your mind and it gets inside your heart. And when the word of God gets inside your heart, it becomes part of your character. The Bible says, guard your heart because out of your heart are the issues of life. Whatever comes out of, that's what the Bible says, it's sin comes from outside of, comes from your heart. And so when the word of God finds its place in your heart, then your actions that you, you, you um, the actions that you portray externally, which are coming from your heart, will be in conformity with the word of God. That is what the Bible tells us. Let the word of God dwell in your heart richly. I want all of us to comment this week that we are going to make time for the word of God. Even if you are busy, just turn on the audio. As you are walking about in your house, the audio is playing. You are listening. You are listening. At least you will get something. Because there are so many things, so many informations that we interact with on a daily basis. And they form part of our thinking. They form part of our actions and our behavior. You see, when, when if you have noticed, uh, this is not part of what I wrote, but I just want to mention it. If you have noticed, you can see that uh, um, Hollywood is pushing an agenda. and uh, Not just Hollywood, but then... I mean, the things that we see now, you can see that they are pushing an agenda to make the next generation believe a particular thought or lifestyle. And so if you watch movies, you see that you can see um, like a man and a man who, who are married in the movie. Now, most of the movies and the series that they are bringing out, you see a man and a man who are married. You see a woman and a woman who are married. And they are even bringing it to the cartoons now that our kids are watching. Why are they doing that? Because as they continue to see it and see it and see it, it becomes normal to them. So as you continue to see those things, man and a man, marrying a movie, every movie you see it, every movie you see it, then it becomes normal to you. The next generation will come and say, oh, this is normal because they have seen it in the movie every time. And so even when the worldly people want to push an agenda, they bring it to your face so that you can see it. And then you begin to accept it. Is in the same way, if you put the word of God before you, you look at it every time, look at it every time, you begin to accept it as truth, as the, as the truth, as the lifestyle that you're supposed to live. And so look at the word of God, meditate on it, let it be part of your lifestyle. Amen. Amen. We don't want to be average Christians. We must strive not to be identified as average Christians. And if you are going to be able to set yourself apart, where you place the word of God in your life is very important. Now, when Satan tempted Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that Jesus said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We quote the scripture sometimes, but I, I just hope that we pay attention to the next verse. The next sentence, he says, but by every word, you will not live by bread alone. It means that it is okay to take bread. It is good that you eat. 
but you, man shall not live by bread alone. So if you are living by bread alone, then you are not living according to the way Jesus Christ expects you to live. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. The Greek word there, every word, is rhema. That proceeds from the mouth of God. And so we are supposed to live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We are not supposed to live by just food alone, but we are supposed to live by the word of God. So just like we take food every day, we are supposed to take in the word of God every day. As a matter of fact, we we should take in more word than more food. If we are spiritual beings, Amen. And so if you are eating three times a day, (laughs) if you are eating three times a day, then you make sure that you take the word of God as much as you take the food. If possible, more than you eat the food. So that the word of God becomes part of your life. We live in days that there's going to be a lot of deception. If we don't know the word of God, we will not be able to make a difference between what is the word of God and what is not the word of God. The Holy Spirit has been given to us. And so as you are meditating in your mind, the Holy Spirit used that word and throws more light on the word. That is how you develop your, your spirit. And that's how you even have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And that is how you even understand the scripture more. It's just by reading it more and the Holy, meditating on it. As you are meditating on it, the Holy Spirit throws light on it and you begin to understand it more and more and more. And as you are meditating, the word gets inside your heart. And David said, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So David gave us the antidote to sin. Hide the word of God in your heart. When you hide the word of God in your heart, your actions just conform to the word of God. And it starts by let, having time to listen and listen and listen. I'm trying to always put these messages that we preach here on YouTube. When you find time, just go there, listen and listen and listen again. Sometimes you'll be listening and you fall asleep. When you wake up, turn it on, listen again. You also have the audio Bibles. Now you can, you can even start from Genesis. And the audio Bible, for me, I think it reads faster than I do because it takes like, it's able to finish one chapter in like one minute or one minute, 30 seconds. And so you just put it on and you listen, listen. Maybe you are too busy to read. Just listen to the audio. Let it get inside your spirit. That is how you make a difference. That is how you set yourself apart as a child of God. So the rest of the year, let's just commit to let the word of God dwell in your heart richly. If you didn't hear anything from me today, all I want you to remember throughout the week is that let the word of God dwell in your heart richly. Richly there means abundantly. The word has to overflow in your heart. There has to be so much word of God in your heart. Let the word of God dwell in your heart richly. In John chapter 6 verse 63, the Bible says that it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The word that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Jesus Christ was telling the people that the word that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And so, the, when you have the word of God in you, you have life. You are full of the life of God. That is it's so simple. How do you become full of the life of God? 
you need the word of God. And the word of God in our days is not scarce at all. It is not scarce. We can have it anywhere. Anywhere. When you, when you, I mean, when you're visiting the bathroom, you have a lot of time there. As, as much time as that you, have, you have there, just look at the verse. Read it in your head. Meditate. Or you can read it before you get there and meditate on it when you're in the bathroom. God will speak to you. You'll be surprised. The fellowship that you have with the Spirit. If you make it part of your habit to think on the Word of God. It is not only for pastors. That, oh, when I'm going to preach, then I have to put together. No, it is for every Christian. Think about the Word of God. Usually when they say, these days when they talk about meditation, they are saying meditation means you want to empty your spirit. But Christian meditation is not emptying your spirit. Christian meditation is filling your spirit with the Word of God. So the world, the world usually imitates Christianity, but does it opposite. Yes. So you fill your spirit, but you don't empty your spirit. And so they talk about yoga and how they want to empty their spirit. Why do you want to empty your spirit? Fill it with the word of God. And that's what the Bible says. Let the word of God dwell in your heart richly. This morning, that is the message I want to leave with you. Let the word of God dwell in your heart richly. Shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence. We ask, oh God, that you help us in our week, in our months, in our years, that we'll pay attention, we'll pay heed to your word, we'll take heed to your word, that your word will dwell in our hearts and will flourish, that your word will come alive in our lives, oh God. We pray that your word will set us apart. And your word will make us what it has promised as we commit to read and to meditate on it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Hallelujah. Like I said, I'm going to, I've created a, I'm sorry, let me.